How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter scores! Well done, boy. There's some swagger. Push come to shove. We're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, welcome to the Thanks Bud Podcast. I am Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Fan. And we are back for episode 7. And we just finished watching the Canucks game, so which was pretty exciting. So let's just start there real quick. I am high on life after that game. It was so good. I, I don't know. I, I, the Kings have made me start to approach every game with caution. And I did the same for this game for no real reason. I didn't have any particular reasons to fear the Canucks. But just don't get my hopes too high. But this was uh, pretty amazing. Um, it was more than I could have imagined, especially with the Kings, you know, not always having huge scoring games, but scoring five goals and, uh, 10 different Kings players contributed, contributed to the score sheet tonight, which was excellent. So good job team. Um, yeah. And the rookies were really uh, lighting it up. Yeah, it was crazy just all around. And you kind of don't know or you kind of didn't know what to expect coming into the last couple games, really, because of the fact that now players seem to just be dropping and things have been shaken up a little bit. But, you know, they and Toffoli have come up and lines have been switched around and people, you know, are working. Like, I had no idea what to expect from a King Richards Toffoli line, but they were amazing tonight in particular. So things seem to be working out. They were extremely effective. Um, Toffoli with two goals and an assist, Richards with a goal and two assists, and King with two assists. Like, that is a pretty darn good-looking line. Um, And I really liked, uh, I think it was the Royal Half that mentioned after the game, um, the in-game Kings Entertainment put a spotlight on the Stanley Cup banner. (laughs) <laughs> just to rub it in a little bit, which I really respect. Um, I really like that troll atmosphere. Yeah, love the trolling. Love that it's against the Canucks again after that now infamous tweet, I suppose, um, from yeah. the King's Twitter back in the day. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I appreciate that very much. I have to say, I mean, well, I said this to Diane during the game. Just I somehow always forget how annoying the Canucks can be as a team, just with that little extra shove or whatever during play. And then a game happens, and I'm like, okay, I really hate some of these people. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, Sestino was dogging on Martinez all night. Um, first with a pretty, I mean, it wasn't a very bad hit, but it sent Martinez flying on his back, and then that's what led to the fight between him and Nolan, and then mm-hmm. um, him getting that penalty for charging, and just all of that, and me being aggressively angry at him. And then, um, of course, Bieksa being a little pest and kind of getting into it with Brown in front of the net. Um, Hate you, Bieksa. <laughs> and every, everyone was just, like, up in arms about their about how there should have been a call. Um, you could see everyone just kind of, like, yelling aggressively on, um, through the video feed. But yeah, always, always an angry and feisty time with the Canucks. Um, and, I mean, it's good to see. It makes for a good game. And, like, the game is really exciting to watch, particularly if you're a Kings fan. Probably it was a lot more frustrating if you were a Canucks fan. But you know what? I don't care. It was great for me. Oh, yeah. I the, the Canucks, once again, can just, you know, fall into the ocean. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And and Vey, by the way, with his first point, his first NHL point in his second NHL game. So 
with a really, really sweet move around uh, former King Brad Richardson to pass it on to Nolan for the goal. So, like, nice, good for him. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, just a quick stats update so we just know where the team stands at this point. Uh, Ajay Kopitar continues to be, at this point, a point-per-game player. He's got 17 points in 17 games, four goals and 13 assists. He picked up an assist tonight. Uh, Mike Richards... Mike Richards is having a great time right now. He has 16 points, five goals, 11 assists. Um, LA Kings PR Twitter sent out a tweet that said Mike Richards now has eight points during his four-game point streak. He has had a few multi-point games. <laughs> it's been pretty good to be him on the ice. And I'm kind of, well, I don't know if I'm bummed about it. This is me just randomly thinking about it now about how he's flourishing without Jeff Carter and that makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay because Toffoli is basically little Carter. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they helped groom Tyler Toffoli when he was up with the team last season. So he's, he's kind of taken care of. There's a little Jeff Carter there in spirit. It's okay. All right. That's cool. I'm fine with that. It's fine. Jeff Carter will be back eventually. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's really holding it down right now. And it makes me very excited. I mean, I know we kind of gave him, you know, a little bit of shit, like a couple or maybe the last podcast when we were talking about the San Jose game because he seemed a little confused. But even still in that game, multi-point game as well. So, you know, no matter what he does, even when it's ridiculous, apparently he knows how to make things work when it's important. And it's, you know helping to get points or, you know, goals for the team, which translates to points when they win games. And that's exciting. I'm excited about that. You know, so King Center's really productive right now, except for one very noticeable player who is missing (laughs) from the scoring totals. I I am crying over the fact that Trevor Lewis has zero points. (laughs) Poor guy. I am devastated by the fact that he has zero points because... I've talked about this with you and with other people as well. It's not like he's playing a bad game. He's not, not playing at poorly at all. And even tonight, post-game, Jim Fox did his little uh, segment about how Trevor Lewis is very effective at the little things that don't necessarily show up on the score sheet but allow um, puck possession and for plays to be made and all of that jive. So Trevor Lewis playing playing a good game, but cannot get a goal for the life of him, even after he had um, a breakaway on the game tonight, and still nothing. A a wonderful breakaway, too, in the second period where everybody else was scoring, but of course, Trevor Lewis, the only person who can't manage to bury it. It's just really disheartening, and I loved all of Twitter just like straight up being like, poor Trevor Lewis, so many people right in a row, everybody's pulling for him. (laughs) It'll come. Because now that Martinez got um, a point off an assist from the first Nolan goal, Trevor Lewis remains the only king with zero points. 17 games played, zero points. It's okay, American hero. You can still make the Olympic team. Um, I was joking with Diane that obviously this is just setting us all up for like, so we're super not expecting it when in a very crucial moment in the gold medal game, Trevor Lewis scores game-winning goal and brings gold to America, to the U.S., I should say. While simultaneously, like, punching Sidney Crosby in the face or something. I don't know. (laughs) Go America. (laughs) American hero. And probably because he is a true American, he will cut the sleeves off of his jersey because he doesn't care about being penalized. That is the worst. That is still one of the worst uh, pictures I have seen is Trevor (laughs) Lewis in a USC jersey with the sleeves cut off. Like, oh, please. (laughs) 
terrible. I'm so ready for it. I'm so ready for it. Oh, although, actually, please cut the sleeves off of the um, Olympic USA jerseys. Like, fine. That's cut it all up. <laughs> I don't care. Serious improvement over those atrocious jerseys. No stars for anyone. Just a quick, like, this is not even in my, like, notes to talk about. But since we're talking about Sochi, obviously, I have to take a moment to talk about Jonathan Quick, who has had a couple of wonderful games now. Of course, the shutout was against um, the Sabres, which, you know, they're the worst team in the league. But still, I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I wrote the little sort of preview post before the game where I was like, Jonathan Quick should do himself a favor and get a shutout. And I'm just really glad that that happened. And now he's had another solid performance tonight against a team that is technically better. You know, I mean, the Canucks are still above the Kings in the divisional rankings right now. So nice. His uh, save percentage is still below average at um, 9.06, but looking positive if they can keep it up going forward. If there's anyone pulling for... uh Jonathan Quick as the Olympic starter. It's you. Like, so hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm in your corner always, Jonathan Quick. Always. <laughs> Even when I am a douche about it. <laughs> I, I really love you. Yeah. We criticize with love. Yeah. Always. Always. But, you know, back to people who are uh, scoring a little bit. And we touched on how great Toffoli has been. But just to be super specific, he has five points in his first three games back with the Kings which is amazing. He scored, uh, you know, got a point in his first game, a point in his second game, and in his third game, three points. Because why not? Didn't quite get the hat trick, but there's still plenty of time. I'm so excited about Tyler Toffoli. I think during training camp, like, there wasn't a lot of news about him. Like, Tanner Pearson was definitely the person I think impressed people the most. But, you know, he comes back to play with big club, and it's like, oh, right, this is why we wanted this guy here. He remains awesome and i hope that this means that he is around for the rest of the season for sure i really i really hope that now that he's here he gets to stay here because obviously he he seems like he's pretty nhl ready i I think good things are gonna come from tofoli like it's it's pretty easy to see that he is meant to score goals and meant to and he plays very well with everyone so really hope he stays up although Poor Tanner Pearson, too. Oh, I know. Although, I mean, Clifford got injured tonight, so if he doesn't, you know, make the road trip with the rest of the team, who knows? It might be Tanner Pearson's time for a little while. And then they'll just call up all of the Monarchs because that's how it's happening. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, as long as they play well, I mean, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But, but then, like, the, I mean, I assume that Toffoli is staying, but I guess then the question is when like Jared Stoll comes back, is they going to get sent back to Manchester? I feel like that has to be what happens, but I don't know. He's played, I mean, he said he was nervous in his first game. They did, but he played really strong in this game. I think he will likely continue to improve while he's with uh, the Kings. I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think definitely he'll, he's the most likely candidate to get sent back to Manchester, but it'll be interesting that the Kings have now found themselves in kind of a, dilemma not really but kind of i don't know i've seen some uh some people being like well they seems to be doing all right so let's just go ahead and trade stole <laughs> trade jared stole oh so sad especially now that stole has actually finally started scoring this season <laughs> like he started scoring he got a couple goals and then now he's out i mean uh it seems like he's going to travel with the team on their road trip coming up now because he's been skating on his own so it looks like they're going to try to put him in at some point, and I guess we'll see what happens, but 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the call is there. Keep Vey or keep Stoll? Probably Stoll. Um, Vey still, I mean, not that he hasn't played a great game, but he still could use a little training, a little time. So, but yeah. but once he gets good and once he gets even more NHL ready, um, it'll be interesting to see the, the juggling that happens on the roster in order to make room for him. I mean, I have no idea what the answer is to this but then i was just thinking you know is stole really the person whose job is in jeopardy or is it like colin frazier who is also a center that's true i don't i mean but i don't know then that also like begs the question like do they plan to put lyndon bay on in the bottom six i mean it seems like they're really dedicated to keeping tyler to in the top six if they can i don't know if that's the same for lyndon bay yeah so we don't know exactly what happened to kyle clifford uh, Jared Stoll, like I said, will probably travel with the team for their road trip. Jeff Carter is still on IR, though apparently he has been spotted around Staples, so he is okay enough to, in fact, be on the premises, but he hasn't skated or anything. So who knows when he's coming back? And I guess for the time being, we will continue with everybody else the way things are, and it seems to be working so far. Hopefully no one else goes down because everyone seems to be getting injured and it's frightening me. There was that, you know, moment when uh, Dustin Brown went down and ended up drawing a penalty, and people were a little worried, but he got back up and he was fine. But it was scary. Alec Martinez in the picture, in the very awesome picture with uh, Brian Cranston, is wearing like a shoulder sling type of deal. So, oh yeah, that's not great either. But that could just be like maintenance type deal. But mm-hmm. side note, shooting percentage. Do you know who has the highest shooting percentage on the team right now? It's Jordan Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> It's Jordan Nolan. How crazy is that? It's Jordan Nolan followed by, at a tie, Dwight King and Tyler Toffoli. Oh, my goodness. And then after that, Matt Green. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, Matt Green is still out with an injury as well, just to note. That's who I forgot. So, yeah, great shooting percentage guy with an injury. Also, Tyler Toffoli, who has been up for, again, three games. That's crazy. Jordan Nolan, who has three goals <laughs> so far this season. Not that that is like crazy, you know, outperforming anybody, but it's just more than I might have expected from Jordan Nolan, who struggled a lot last season to score. And so I had literally no expectations for him as far as scoring this season, but he seems to be bouncing back. His sophomore slump seems to be kind of behind him, and that is amazing. I am quite surprised. Good. I'm glad to that we can start putting more expectations on Jordan Nolan again and being upset when he doesn't do anything and then being delighted when he scores goals. <laughs> right, yeah. The Kings sort of, you know, benefit there because one thing I also noticed heading into the Canucks game tonight, Brad Richardson, former King, had or has still, because I don't think he picked up any points tonight, the exact same point totals as Jeff Carter with five goals and four assists. Brad Richardson, who was like frequently a healthy scratch for the Kings uh, last season in particular, and now has like scored a few shorthanded goals for the Canucks and performed really well for them. He's having a great time. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad that in Jordan, with Jordan Nolan, at least, and Dwight King, who's also scored quite a bit so far this season for him and played really strong in quite a few games. Glad to see that uh, the Kings have sort of retain the benefit on those two players, at least. Well, the thing about uh, Brad Richardson was there's been some quotes from him and from Daryl Sutter about how, you know, Daryl Sutter really liked Richardson, but when Carter came in, Richardson was kind of um, moved around um, yeah. uh, to to play as a winger when really that's 
probably not his ideal position. And so once he was moved to Vancouver, he like was solidly a center and that's where he flourished. So it was kind of just a, uh, it was just kind of like a fit type of thing. Yeah. The Vancouver Canucks had uh, a centerman role that they needed filled and Richardson was perfect for it. So glad to see that he's doing well over there and glad that he wasn't doing well against the Kings. So, (laughs) right. Yeah. Glad you're doing well, except for tonight. So good. Especially because so far it seems like most former Kings have been able to score on the Kings. So I'm really glad that maybe possibly they are also breaking that trend. Not to speak too soon, but I hope so. Breaking a lot of trends. We had a, the Kings had a really great second period when in the past we, it's honestly just been a grease fire every second period. So it's nice that there were a million goals scored and that it was great. Even the Sabres game, like, the second period was their strongest in terms of shots. So, and now this amazing second period, I don't know what to do with it. I'm a little at a loss <laughs> for how to respond and react for something like that because I'm so used to being so ready to, like, go get a snack when instead I actually didn't get to watch the first period of this Canucks game and suddenly stuff was happening and I had to hustle upstairs because the second period was even better. I wasn't used to that. That was very strange. We're we're just so used, like, we're so pessimistic and so used to be, like, everything being terrible that now that things are going well, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Yeah. How do we react to happiness? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) What is that? Hiding under a blanket. That's what I did today. Or, like, uh, uh, Langley from Jules from the Crown posted that, you know, King's fan vomiting rainbow gif which was exactly how I felt. Perfect. And I would like to keep feeling that way. Perfect representation of all of us currently. Completely. In addition, in addition to Brad Richardson doing well with the Canucks, Dustin Penner is doing, quite frankly, amazingly in uh, in Anaheim right now. He is currently a plus 18 with three goals and nine assists, picked up three assists in the game versus the Sabres, where they, frankly, destroyed them. And is leading the league in plus minus. Crazy. He somehow, I guess, hasn't managed to be on the ice for basically any goal against. What? And I mean, for a couple of games, he was scratched, um, you know, and he was out for a couple of games because of that hit uh, that knocked him unconscious for a second, which was scary. But even still, he's played quite a few games somehow super great at not being the guy, you know, or among the guys who allow a goal. It it helps that the Ducks are leading the league, um, and Dustin Penner plays pretty big minutes with a really good line, so... I feel like that's another example, too, possibly, as much as it breaks my heart, is another example of uh, what you were talking about with Brad Richardson, with just finding the right fit. Like, apparently he succeeds more with Getzloff and Perry, at least so far, um, and obviously in the past as well, than he did with Richardson Carter, even though, I don't know, they, I mean, when it was working for that line, it worked very nicely, but it wasn't consistent ever. Um, obviously, the production wasn't, at least from Penner specifically, wasn't what people wanted to see, or and not, it wasn't what they expected when he came to the Kings team. Um, but for some reason in Anaheim, it seems to be working for him. Which, once again, good for him. Please don't be good against... Uh... When the Ducks play the Kings. Yeah, please don't. Please, no. Um, I need the Kings to beat the Ducks. Like, I'm a little afraid, like, in both the rookie games and then, like, the times that the 
Kings plus some of the AHL players, or the prospects, I should say, in the training camp played against various incarnations of the Ducks. <laughs> they beat them every time. And I just don't want to have used up all of that then. <laughs> so I hope the Kings can find a way to beat the Ducks. They managed to do it with the Sharks. That's <laughs> so true. Hopefully they can do it with the Ducks as well. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, you know what the saddest thing is actually about this game? It was so great. It's one of those games, for me anyway, especially being, you know, we've wanted to see more dominant games from the Kings, and this is like one of the few truly dominant games they've had this so far this season, is that it's only worth two points still, which I'm really glad about. But even with those two points, the Kings are still fifth in the Pacific Division. Well, also, the Pacific Division is hard as fuck. <laughs> it's so tough. And, like, that's the thing. The Western Conference is, is difficult in general, but the Pacific Division is ridiculous. And yeah. looking at the standings between the two conferences is so incredibly frustrating when yeah. looking at the fa- at like the points totals and seeing like if this team played in the metropolitan division this is what would be happening yeah the metropolitan division which i swear i saw so many previews tv segments and uh, articles about like how tough it was going to be to succeed in the metropolitan division because there were just so many good teams but actually it turns out the pacific division is the most difficult division to compete in if the kings were in the metropolitan division right now they would be tied for first they have the exact same record as the pittsburgh penguins 11 wins six losses what's also hilarious is that in the metropolitan division so third in the Metropolitan Division right now are the New York Rangers. They have 16 points. Oh my god. Uh, if, if they were in the Western Conference, they would be tied for 12th. That's... Ugh. With the Jets. It's so frustrating. And then it kind of makes me step back and, like, realize that I'm, I'm really... I mean, I'm very hard on the Kings and the way they play for a number of reasons. But then I have to step back and remember, actually, they are a pretty great team still. They just play among some teams that do really well during the regular season. But it's it's annoying to know that because of how everything is laid out, and I mean, still still pretty early in the season, but how things are going, that even good play, like, crap teams are going to get into the playoffs because of, you know, their shitty division. It's it's so unfair. I said, like a child. Um, Although I guess, yeah, that's I guess how I feel. Th- I guess that means, like, the wild card is uh, going to be interesting. Because it'll yeah. be the Western conferences to win. Yeah. For sure. It has to be. It has to be. I mean, come on. That's where all of the good teams are. And I feel like people, I don't know if they forget, but they just sort of stop thinking about it and have to realize again that California right now, California hockey, so good. All three teams, very strong teams. And the Kings, who have been of those three teams the best in the playoffs the last few years, struggle during the regular season in comparison to the other two California teams. But, like, the Anaheim Ducks are leading the league right now. And even last season, when Chicago was way ahead of everybody, the second-place regular season team was the Ducks again. California's great. (laughs) Um, California is the absolute best. And a a couple of days ago, uh, Megalodon from Battle of California wrote an article about uh, Ryan Miller coming to California, like a California team. And one of the lines in it was, 
California rules and only losers and quitters live anywhere else. So exactly. <laughs> um, and only losers and quitters play for a non-California team. So there you go. I think uh, similarly in sort of that ballot, Battle of California crew, uh, Ryan Dunn tweeted earlier that it's um, HNIC should stand for Hockey Night in California. Which I also agree with, because really, that's where it's at. <laughs> Come on. California's awesome. California's amazing. Both in hockey and in general. West Coast, best coast. Completely agree. Big hit and down. I'm not sure he's okay. Uh, there's no question that this one's a penalty. A large five-minute major penalty power play for the Kings. All right, moving on to our five-minute major headlines. Something that was really fun uh, a couple mornings ago. The Panthers fire most of their coaching staff. Everyone. Or technically, yeah, like just gone. Head coach Kevin Deneen, gone. Both assistant coaches, out of there. So done. And I guess a couple people had been predicting that it would happen a couple games earlier, but no. They were on a seven game losing streak at the time, and apparently that was the last straw. In the interim, Peter Horchek is now the head coach of the Florida Panthers. He was with their AHL team, and before that worked many years with the Nashville Predators. Stephen Wino with the Canadian Press sent out this tweet that said four of the worst teams in the NHL, the Sabres, Flyers, Oilers, and Florida Panthers, have all fired coaches in the past nine months. Pressure is on the GMs now. Which brings me to the only reason that the Florida Panthers news was really interesting to me is because it was a reminder that... We are so much closer to freeing Ron Hextall. Ron Hextall for GM. I'm so excited for that. Um, yeah, it's coming. But when I woke up to read that everyone in the Flyers was fired, um, we had been talking about how we wanted the Panthers to win the Stanley Cup for 2014. I take it back. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we were doing, we were like, win it for Ed. He's on injured reserve. Um they're doing terribly. Not as bad as some of the other teams that exist, aka the Sabres, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm no longer on that train right now. Yeah. Panthers 2014 is off. We're done with it. We tried to give them this opportunity and they squandered it. I mean, even Barkov can't save them now, so... I mean, it'll be interesting to see if this works out at all for Florida, because I feel like so far with the moves that the other teams who are struggling have made, you haven't seen any immediate improvement. Like with Philly, for example, they're not, they have a new coach. They're not playing any better so far. Oh, they're still terrible. Um, Being led by example with Claude Giroux, only now just scoring his first goal. Finally. I was kind of surprised that, like, Game Center didn't send out an alert to be like, Claude Giroux has his first goal of the season, because I feel like everybody at this point would have appreciated that alert. Yeah, I think everyone needed, I mean, everyone was already, like, very actively looking, even if you didn't care about uh, a Flyers game, which I, the way they're playing now, I don't care about watching their games, but I would would be looking out to see if Giroux scored a goal. Much yeah. like how I'm on alert every time Trevor Lewis is on the ice, because I'm hoping that he scores a goal or gets a point. <laughs> I think the yeah. uh, general world was just, like, waiting for Claude Giroux. For sure, yeah. And it was really interesting with him because in the game before this last one where he scored, they got shut out by the New Jersey Devils, and 
Claude Drew, I guess, decided not to talk to the media. The way it was talked about, like on Twitter and by some of the actual reporters, was that he refused to talk to the media, but whatever. He didn't talk to them. A lot of people took a little bit of offense to it, including one Philly.com article who blatantly, you know, called him out for being like, it doesn't matter how bad things are going for you, you don't leave your teammates to answer for you. And my favorite one-liner was, good captains don't do that, period. Paragraph break. So people in Philly are um, already upset with Claude Drew. I mean, is it the countdown to his exit at this point is what I want to know. I mean, we all know that Philly is not above, we all know personally that Philly is not above getting rid of their captains. It doesn't work out. Getting rid of their grumpy captains when it doesn't work out. Yes. If Drew is um, not giving any quotes to the media, at least after that particular game. Um, Because, you know, where have we seen that before? So, yeah. The end of this story, obviously, is Claude Drew to the Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know how it's going to work out because dude is a right wing um, and still only has one goal on the season. But if he's going anywhere, it's to L.A. We all know this. Um, I think because California is so awesome, California team should have a max roster size of, like, 50. Um, and the benches are going to get very crowded. That's okay. But we should just collect all of the players like they're Pokemon. Right. Also, now that I think about it, I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about because I just realized Kings love moving right wings to the left wing anyway. Nobody plays their natural position anymore these days. That's so old school. So it doesn't matter. It would be really good for um, all of my fantasy leagues if I have the option (laughs) of playing them on left wing, right wing, right wing or center. So that'd be cool, too. Into it. But like go- going along the lines of um, not seeing any immediate changes in the crappy teams, the Oilers made another move very recently to try to <laughs> to try mm-hmm. to spur something up, especially since Devin Dubnik hasn't been that great this season. Well, he's just been downright terrible um, this season, and I'm so excited about it too. Um, Ilya Brzezgalov, one year contract to the Oilers. Um, I mean, they also traded, like, Smeed and some other goalie and some prospect. Who cares? The real matter of this whole thing is Brzezgalov is in Edmonton now. And, and my, my, but my, like, hands down my favorite thing is everyone being like, Brzezgalov, you need to go live with Nail, and there needs to be a camera crew following you guys around 24-7. Which, I yes. agree, oil change, I hope all of the dudes who do oil change are just like, yes, ready for it. Like, are immediately, like, they're out with their, like, their friends right now, but they just start strapping on their cameras because they're like, we got, I gotta go. I, I would watch every single second twice for that. One point, when uh, the Brzezgalov trade happened, one thing that somebody immediately said was like, oh, technically Brzezgalov still lives local to Philly, so if Edmonton wants, he could suit up to play against Philly. Obviously that didn't happen, but it would have been amazing. And I look forward to when eventually he does get to play against Philadelphia. I'm excited. I'm I'm now definitely going to the Oilers game in, uh, (laughs) when the Kings play the Oilers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because that's going to be great. How many more games do they have against them? Is it uh, the Royal Half looked it up because he was freaking out about it too, and uh, we play the Oilers on the seventeenth of December. Oh, great! 
great. Okay, yeah, we have to be there. One thing that I was really kind of interested and delighted to see is that the Stars played the Bruins recently. Um, And the Bruins fans decided to boo both Tyler Sagan and Rich Peverly throughout the entire game. And I think What's Up You See was like, okay, we get the Tyler Sagan booing. Not that it's at all warranted, but, like, yeah. why boo Peverly? But they kind of had the last laugh in that both of them scored in the shootout, which got the Stars the to win. win. the game. Yeah. yeah. So that was fantastic. It was so weird to me because I was like, all right, these are two dudes who got traded, and neither one of them has said anything bad about Boston since leaving. So, all right. <laughs> I don't know how this makes sense, but carry on, Boston fans, I guess? Cool. Um, they also had a big game tonight. They uh, played against Toronto for the first time since the playoffs. So it didn't turn out to be a revenge night for Toronto. The Bruins won, but it was um, they showed that game seven prior to tonight's game. And I think a lot of people really, you know, stoked to watch it and see what happened. And Bruins win again. <laughs> That's what happened. I love a good revenge story, so or a good comeback story. Unfortunately, the Maple Leafs couldn't really... Couldn't really get that one going for everybody the way they probably wanted to. All right, I think that is all we have for this week. Diane, any parting shots from you this time? Um, Nothing for me, except that I keep randomly thinking that I'm going to go to the rink tours. I'm not going to go to the rink tours, but I keep kind <laughs> of wanting to go to the rink tours. <laughs> we spent some time trying to figure out like whose baby we could borrow or like rent for the afternoon because we don't want to show up and creepily be like, we don't need autographs. Uh, and we have no children to skate in this hockey clinic. We kind of just want to see hockey players. We like teach kids how to play hockey better. Yeah. Is that weird? I, I hope <laughs> not. I, am I going to be loitering around like a creep? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Ugh, it's awful. <laughs> don't judge me. You don't know me. Um, but I swear we're not, ac- we wouldn't actually be there for, um, the children? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, we, we're not going. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, we, we now can't because this is going to be evidence of something terrible. I don't know. So I, I want to go because it'd be cool. I just like going to events. It'd be a cool thing to see, but it'd be extremely awkward as everyone's jostling for an autograph. I'm like, I no, don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to anyone. Um, Never sign anything for me. No, please. No, please. You're holding a Sharpie. <laughs> please step away. Um, but I still want to, like, go hang out, so, I don't know, maybe I'll, we're notorious for deciding to do things at last minute, so maybe at, like, an hour before anything starts, I'll just, like, drive somewhere and be like, okay, I'm here now. Right, I'm showing up. This is happening. Yeah, I don't know, I I guess we'll see, um, anything could happen, I I suppose. Look out, look out for a small Asian girl hiding behind a pillar. Um, that'll be me. You could just pretend to be the child. I... Sad, but true. True. Very true. So, uh, you know, just keep your eye out just in case, you know, there's like a slightly taller child who looks like maybe she's an adult, but (laughs) she's not. (laughs) The thing is, I totally would not be taller. There are, oh my gosh, I was walking to lunch one time with my coworker and we just happened to like end up walking behind this group of children that were like on a field trip because uh, they were touring like a historic uh, mission near where we work. 
and he took a picture from behind, like, he, like, held, he walked back a little bit and, like, took a picture, and I blended in so well with all of these small children because we were all about the same height and shape, so... So then you'll blend in perfectly. All right, problem solved. Oh, I could never. <laughs> we're going again. <laughs> I'm the baby that you adopt to go to these things. <laughs> yeah. You're my make-a-wish kid, probably. I don't know. Oh, man. They seem to be into that. They've made, like, seven Kings Weekly episodes about it. That's true, they did. They're really cute, though. I hate them because I, like, will start to tear up a little bit. Not oh, like great. Not, like, them. tear up, but, like, I got the tingle in my face, and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I'm going to cry. And I don't, but it's it's imminent. Like, if, if they had done the King's Weekly Make-A-Wish um, episode immediately followed by, like, an ASPCA commercial with Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background, <laughs> I would... over for Yeah, you. I probably... Like, sad puppy face. Oh, I would have been crying. Just tears everywhere. Well, King's Weekly, if, you know, anybody from that staff is listening, now you know. <laughs> now you know. If you really want to bring the tears out. All right, so, again, that's all we got for this week. Um... If you do not already follow ThanksBud on Twitter, you should. It's at ThanksBud, T-H-X-B-U-D. Um, or you can follow us individually. I am at Chanel Berlin. And I'm at AKA Diane Fan. And uh, we like being friends with people and stuff. Tell us funny jokes. Make us some gifts. Or I don't know. But until we uh, talk to you again next week, be safe. Treat each other well. Later, dudes.